Alrighty, hey strangers, so, um, right now I'm going to talk about, um, I don't know, I'm gonna talk about poetry, cause I'm obsessed with poetry, and that's just how I am. So, I have a two-part poem, and I'm going to read the second half, because I had it in an earlier episode, but nobody really listened to that episode. So, plus you couldn't really hear the poem because the audio was terrible. So I'm just giving my poem justice. So, um, this poem is Waterfall, and I'm actually extremely proud of this one. So, here we go. What happens when your stream of consciousness tries to navigate you through a sea of negatives and positives? Pushing and pulling you through channels of thought and the current pushes you between the rights and wrongs. Which direction do you choose? And what if you made the wrong choice? And the voice of reason is drifting further and further away until you're left drowning in insecurities and self-pity. What do you do? Do you scream to the abyss, asking for a sign? Do you see how long you can tread water? Or do you bottle up your emotions and throw them away, hoping you will never see them again? The irony is, the stream of consciousness isn't a stream, but it's a waterfall. And welcome to the rock bottom. So that's the second part of this poem. This is the first part that I've never read aloud before, so it very well might not be a great poem, but I like poetry, so. I love the way your eyes look when you smile, but it's not the love or your smile that I miss. I miss the compassion and intimacy of someone who genuinely cared about me. I miss the way my heart felt when you held me. I miss the way you made me smile. I miss feeling safe. Because now that you're gone, I realize I'm only worthy of being someone's secret. And I'm scared of how quickly I fall. Fall to the ground, hoping you'll catch me. Fall to my knees, begging for you to stay or how quickly I fall in love with strangers. I'm hurting, and I don't know what to do. I'm hurting, and I just want to be good enough. I'm hurting, and I wish you would save me. But life isn't a fucking fairy tale. And what if I don't deserve a happy ending? Boom, that's another poem. Um, yeah. <laughs> And here is another one. This isn't really a poem, this is just a channel of thought that I had. Don't settle to be someone's secret. If someone loves you, they'll love you for you. They'll love you for your flaws and all of your best qualities. If someone truly cares about you, they will want to show you off to the world. And they won't care what anyone else has to say because they love you for you. I can't stress this enough because you are worth it. What else do I have in my notes? I think that replacing my happiness with another person's happiness is more noble than being selfish and focusing on myself. That is true. Dear depression, I'm lost and I'm trying. Trying to be better. I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be open. I'm trying to be human. But I need you to hold me. Hold me like you love me. Hold me down, suffocate me. Fill me with your empty promises. 
Hold me, don't let go. Fill me with doubt, fill me with fear. Fill me with all the half-truths. Because I don't deserve you. Seriously, the girl... Sincerely, the girl you used to know. Okay. Oh, I've read this one before. Do you feel like an empty shell? Exposed and basking in the sunlight. You become buried in time. Cracking at the center. Crumbling into dust. But not enough to fade away. The, sound, the sand surrounds you. Stuck with hollow intentions, you wait for your next toast. Hoping the tide washes you away. Dreaming of the future while chained to the past. You slowly fade away. What one else? Mary had a little lamb whose fleece was white as snow. Everywhere Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. She followed her to school one day, but that, my friend, was a lie. For the lamb was a wolf in sheep's clothing, and Mary unfortunately died. That's dark. Okay. Oh, this is a note for the podcast. Interesting. Hey, stranger. This is BSN Podcast. Each week, I address personal topics about my life and the road to recovery with the hope that you can learn from my story. Episodes are uploaded on Wednesdays. That is no longer true. And you can follow our Twitter under podcast BSN for bonus content and information. I look forward to hearing your story. Remember to always remain resilient. I made that note when I was a lot more um happy-go-lucky. Oh, here are some like titles that I wanted to um use for some of my uh, podcast episodes, but never got around to. Happy Almost Death Day, Walking Away from Suicide, Becoming the Lotus Flower, I Am Not a Statistic, I Am Not My Stereotype, Censorship, Is This All I'm Good For, I Care Too Much, Baggage, Why Me, Trust Issues, I Don't Hate You, I Just Don't Trust You, <laughs> That's a Mood, What Else, What Else, Oh, here we go. Her heart was no exception. This is another one of my personal favorite poems. Her heart was no exception. Pers Can't speak. Goodness gracious. Her heart was no exception. Emotionally exhausted. No exception. Reminding herself emotions are messy. She hid them with diligence. She adored peace. Peace-filled darkness. Peace inside her cold heart. Peace the moon provided. She adored its beauty. Idolizing the heavenly night, the moon forgave her silence. She was darkness. Until she became one with the moon, she met him in darkness, and his light consumed her. But she trusted the warmth. He became her sun, and they burned bright together. She almost forgot she was the moon, because they danced on sunshine, and she was embracing his golden grace, and his kiss melted into golden tapestries on her skin. She trusted the warmth. His warmth became her smile. His warmth became her happiness. His warmth burned her, leaving a scar like a crater on the moon. She trusted him because who was the sun without the moon? And who was she without his sunshine, sunshine smile? I can't read. 
Why must the sun and moon be apart? But she knew the reason. His warmth and light eclipsed her heart. Her lux moonlight happy her lux moonlit happiness couldn't maintain his warmth on her darkest night. So the sun can rise, the moon must fall, and her heart was no exception. I like that one I just can't read. What else? What else? Hmm. I've had a lot of nightmares recently, to be completely honest. Like, that's one thing that I'm struggling with. Not gonna lie. Ooh, we're going to go way back into early poetry that I wrote on this. Goddess of the Bridey Burnout. Fun fact. When did I write this? I wrote this in April of 2019. She wore her heart on her sleeve. A sleeve now full of scars, scars from a past, a life taken for granted. Now a lost life with no lifeline. She smiles, drowning in tequila in the nighttime, confused where things went wrong this time. Daytime gasping for air, no more liquor to spare. Speeding, borderline sober, and praying she doesn't get pulled over. Liquor in her lap, struggling every sip, wishing she could just be normal. She feels empty and tempted by hell but her only dream is to find a way out. She is an Instagram goddess sobriety and a real-life burnout. Fun facts. Let's see what Google Docs has for me. I'm going to read some of my writing, because why not? Okay. No, I already read that one to you guys. Already read that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going through all of uh, my Google documents of um, like high school and everything and the topics they had us address. Oh my goodness. I have so many argument essays. Oh my goodness. It would really help if um, I figured out better ways to... Oh, hey, I'm going to read you guys my election speech for um, historian because, fun fact, I was historian of my um, student council class thing. Good afternoon. My name is Mary Patterson. Today I'm running for historian. For those of you who do not know me, I'm the sophomore that choked in the middle of her speech last year. If you still don't know who I am, you can find me working at blank behind the register asking if you would like chips, apple, or bread with your meal. While being a full-time student, a hard worker, and an amazing mother may seem like I have enough on my plate, I have the desire to be a leader within this school. This year I am unfortunately running unopposed, so I could give a simple thank you speech, but being a sentimental individual, I wrote a speech nonetheless. I have been at blank high school since kindergarten, walking through those double doors at five years old, bright-eyed and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, tiptoeing into Miss Davis's classroom for the first time feels like it was just yesterday. Today I stand here approaching the end of my junior year honored to have amazing teachers who are forced to listen to my bad sense of humor 
Just asked Miss Hartman. It really is awful. With being born into this community, living on blank Ave for my whole life, I have firsthand experience understanding what leadership style works and does not. During middle school, I was a living my prime, straight A's, two-term class president, and being a valued member of the modified girls volleyball team. However, I know personally how difficult this... Wow, I cannot speak ever. I cannot speak ever. However, I know personally how difficult being a student at this school can be at times. My high school career has not been picture perfect, as most of you are aware. This is why I'm standing here today being the best candidate for this executive council position, because I understand the emotional roller coaster our students experience within these concrete walls. When elected, I will go out of my way to make your voices heard. When elected, I will go out of my way to see each and every one of you thrive. Last but not least, when elected, I will go out of my way to ensure this council is run by students who have the passion and determination to make this school great. Being a future grad in addition to being a future alumni of blank is an honor. Let's make this up and coming school year great, bearing the Marauder name with pride. Thank you. Mary Patterson for President 2020. There we go. I didn't say that at the end of the speech. I just decided to say that now. Okay, what else can I talk to you about? Oh, um, I'm going to read my personal statement that I wrote in the yearbook, and um, this is the one I wrote, not the one that they edited and cut a lot of my stuff out, but it's fine. I would like to thank the New York Mills School District for making me a stronger person. I'm thankful for the friends who've stuck by me through both my best and worst times in addition to the teachers who have always looked out for my best interests. Becoming a teenage mother in a small town community has been a struggle. However, this experience has helped me strive to become a role model for both my daughter and other local teenage mothers. I'm proud of how much I've accomplished as a young mother. However, after becoming pregnant, I feared that I would never be able to maintain a leadership position in the school as a result of ethics. I'm beyond blessed to have such a supportive group of peers who gave me a second chance to prove my worth within the school. Thank you. And then I thanked people. Let me show you how much they cut out of this yearbook. But let me just like open up this yearbook real quick because they cut out so much. And it actually makes me mad. Not gonna lie. Oh, here's some ASMR vibes of me flipping through the pages. This is my way of like being really mad about it. Okay, where is Mary Patterson? Where am I? Mary, where are you? All right. So this is what they put. I would like to thank the New York Middle School District for making me a stronger person. I'm thankful for my friends who have stuck through me through both my best and worst times. In addition to teachers who looked out for my best interest. Do do do. Oh, never mind. I overreacted. Clearly, 
they put everything in there. See, that just goes to show you. I checked my facts. However, what they didn't put in there was how I was bullied every single day, everything else. So, they did take that part out, but it's fine. That's cool. That's whatever. I'd say I don't care anymore, but clearly I still do. Oh my gosh, what else? I have a lot of notes on my phone. Do, do, do. Okay, okay. Ooh, let me uh, read you guys my scholarship. Actually, you know what? No, no, no. I am going to read this. I wrote this for my creative writing class, and it's called Stranger in a Photo. Ooh, hopefully I don't cry because I cried like a little baby reading this in front of my creative writing class, but it, it's whatever. Some I sometimes envy the girl I used to be. She was innocent, sweet, and loving. She never met the world of heartbreak or depression. She was pleased with life. She was kind. Although I envy that clueless, naive girl, I'm proud. Proud of the strong, smart, and independent young mother I've become. Although it was a difficult road arriving to the new me, population one. Oh. <laughs> Although it was a difficult road arriving to new me, population one, it was worth the struggle. And this is her story. She was 13, an 8th grader. Her mother raised her to always be kind to others, but one boy used this against her. As the story typically goes, she met a boy. She starts talking to him. They fell in love. And the rest, they say, is history. However, that's not exactly how things went. Mind you, no boy was ever interested in her. She wasn't pretty and only had a small circle of friends in elementary school. However, as she uh, filled into her features, one boy started to notice. And they began... <laughs> okay. He made her feel pretty, as if she wasn't a freak of nature. She had hope that maybe one day he would ask her to the dance. Hope was her first mistake. The dance came, and he promised to be there. She brought... She bought an expensive dress just for him. He was supposed to get a matching color tie. He lied. She waited the whole dance, hoping and praying that he would make an appearance, but he didn't. Later that night, she messaged him, begging him to give, begging her to give him a reason, but she didn't. She still forgave him. Months passed, and they, and she spent every waking moment waiting. I don't remember this. Oh my God. This is giving me a lot of, like, flashbacks and deja vu reading this. Because I suppressed so many memories, it's not even funny that, um... Wow, okay. Sorry. Back to reading. Months passed, and she spent every waking moment waiting for him to message her. When he would, uh, she told him everything about her. That was her second mistake. Although he uh, was... 
constantly active in her mind, it was clear that she was offline in his love blinds people, and that little girl was very blind for a long time. In retrospect, I can see all the red flags, but love is blind. Or the feeling she thought was love. She knew nothing about him unless it was through a computer screen. She felt like she was his dirty little secret shoved in a box hidden from the world only for him to see. She was a grain of salt in a sugar jar, invisible. Every night she questioned herself, but her worries faded and he would tell her how much he loved her and how cute she was. That was her third mistake. For once in her life, she felt truly loved by someone who had a crush on her. By mid-November, as the snow just started scattering on the ground, she had her first real kiss. But then everything changed. A close mutual friend sat with her during lunch a week later. He explained to her how her Prince Charming showed him intimate messages they shared. Mr. Prince Charming was also telling all of his friends that he did more than just kiss her. Devastated, she cut herself off from the world. She distanced herself from friends and family. Her grades fell slightly, and she stopped eating. The bubble... Mm. Sorry, this is like... Wow. The bubbliness faded, and she felt nothing. A young, bright girl with her outlook on love suffocated so quickly, like flipping a switch in a room you didn't mean to walk into. Quick and humiliating. She lost 30 pounds in a few months from not eating. She eventually got herself down to 100 pounds before people started to notice. School came to an end. Summer break had just begun. She hoped to put her lousy excuse of a love story to the side and give love another chance, and she did. She found love with an un- she found love in an unexpected place to say the least. Her best friend at the time was dating a boy from Whitesboro. Naturally, her friend dragged her along to meet her new boy toy, and so she did. She went she uh, met him along with his shy but cute cousin who had a million dollar smile. We would go to the park each day to meet the boys. Within a week of meeting her boyfriend's cousin, he asked her out, and they did everything together. He was her superman and swept her off her feet, and she just needed to be saved. He saved her when no one else was there, when no one else noticed. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> um... And for the first time, she thought she knew what love was. He grew close to her family. He lived upstairs with her brothers, and for a while, things were peaceful. Then on July 18th, she found out she was pregnant. She was terrified. She didn't know what to think. She was a sm smart young girl, and this couldn't have happened to her. She was a straight-A student, always on the honor roll, and was class preg president, but she was pregnant. She told three of her closest friends about her pregnancy. One of the closest friends then told everyone on the field hockey team, forcing, uh, forcing me to tell my mother about 
how her only daughter, her baby girl, is now 14 years old and pregnant. That was the most dreaded day of my life, and I chose to suppress this memory because of the look my mother had on her face. It always brings me to tears. I knew I was too young to have a baby because I was nothing but a baby myself. Then the worst year of my life had begun. Freshman year, walking into school on the first day has always been stressful, but try being 14 years old, pregnant, and trying to walk through those first set of doors. From that day, everyone looked at me as something different, as if I'm some sort of statistic. I wished in that moment to be the grain of salt in the sugar jar again, but all eyes were on me. Walking down that hallway, all I could hear was a sea of voices and people calling me all sorts of names, whore, ho, cunt, slut. One decision left me brand- It's funny how one decision left me branded as a whore. Being literally branded like a ranch animal would have hurt less than the dread of walking through those doors every morning. I had my first sonogram on September 17th. That moment will forever stay with me. Seeing that screen, knowing that someone else was relying on me, gave me hope. And that feeling that maybe I wasn't a mistake. I knew my life wasn't just about me anymore, and everything I did affected that little person. The rumors and names continued every day I went to school. I was branded with a new nickname, Rape Baby. It got to the point where I felt so helpless I wanted to kill myself. My small circle of friends became smaller and smaller until I only had a hand-select few left. They had uh, their own fair share of nicknames as well. After a while, their parents received phone calls from my fellow peers and how they were concerned of my influence on their daughters. Wow, um, this is really hard to read. I'm sorry, guys. This is bringing up a lot of suppressed memories. Anywho, let me continue. I found out I was going to have a baby girl on November 18th at 2.53 p.m., and I decided I was going to name her Liberty soon after. I was ecstatic knowing I was going to have a little girl. However, fear had other intentions. I stayed up countless nights worrying about her life. I didn't want to raise her in a world full of rotten people. But that's out of my hands. I can't shelter her from all the hate in the world, but I could teach her how to cope with it. I wanted to teach her how others' negative opinions did not matter, but to teach her that I would have to learn that myself first. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Valentine's Day is the day for lovers, correct? Wrong. It was the first sign of fatality in my perfect relationship. Superman decided it would be best if we took a break, not taking into consideration that I was carrying his firstborn child. He was too concerned with Wonder Woman, who already had two children with two different guys, and she made my life a living hell. She would message me telling me all the wonderful things that he and her would do as I would sit at home with my best friend, depression. I had nowhere else to go, 
with all of the complications I had to endure with my pregnancy, my doctors advised me to take a break from school for the baby's well-being. In and out of the hospital I went, and with every waking moment she would taunt me. He was my first love, and she held him over my head as if he was some sort of prize. I begged him and begged him for months to take me back as if him cheating was my fault. Eventually, he did come back to me after months and months of me on my, cre on my knees crying every night. However, she would always make an appearance every few weeks. I had liberty on March 31st after being in labor for three and a half days. When I held her in my arms for the first time, I couldn't stop crying. She was my little girl, and I loved her with every ounce of my being. I soon returned to school and in, and and did the school with straight A's. There was finally peace in paradise. It was short-lived, but it was peaceful. Liberty was around three months old when a new face was introduced to the picture. She was a nice girl, a friend of Superman's. And uh, we became friends quickly. She helped me with my self-esteem and helped me with Liberty. Her family threw her out and, like before... I let her into my home because I was a nice person. That was my fourth mistake. She grew extremely close to Superman, but I trusted her because they were just friends. She recently had broken up with her boyfriend, and I helped guide her through rough times. We shared stories and laughed. She soon came to find out that she was pregnant. She insisted that it was her ex's baby, and being the trustworthy person I am, I believed her. I coached her through the morning sickness and other pregnancy headaches. Superman grew very close to her, and I became suspicious, but I ignored my inner thoughts, and I continued to help both of them. A few months passed, and more rumors circled as I entered the school my sophomore year. I felt as if my relationship was put onto a pedestal for everyone to gossip about, like uh, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. <laughs> oh my god, that reference. Everyone insisted that her unborn baby was Superman's. I refused to believe this because my true love would never hurt me like this again. Because he loves me. For the, fo for the following four months, I, I tirelessly defended the two of them and lost countless friends and family members. New Year's Eve was the day all the truth came to light. He admitted... Oh my god, I can't speak. He admitted that the baby was his. The whole time I thought our relationship was going smoothly. He was cheating on me with my friend. In my house. I took both of them off the streets, only to be slapped in the face by betrayal. I threw her out, only to find out her family never kicked her out, but she ran away from home. However, I put all this behind me and became a stronger person because of it. I now am strong, smart, and independent, and I'm a loving mother. I go to school and try my hardest to get good grades. I work almost every day of the week in order to support my daughter. I have my own apartment, and I don't need a man to make me feel happy. Although some nights I only get like three hours of sleep, I do what I have to do in order to give my daughter the life she deserves. Wow. Wow. That last part, not needing a man to make me feel happy. Um, 
I sympathize with that a lot. Like, I'm reacting to my own writing. Um, no, I, I do sympathize with that. However, I've kept that mentality for, I want to say, three years now. And, um... That just gave me a lot of flashback memories. Goodness. Having that mindset is extremely lonely, though. And, um, now I feel like I'm in the position where I have to give my daughter a father figure to look up to. And, um, having, trying to find someone that's consistent and, um, is willing to step up to the plate is extremely difficult because people don't really want that level of responsibility. And, um, I don't know, a lot has changed since I've written that essay about my life. Oh my god. I, I honestly wish I could just, like, write all my thoughts that, that are spiraling and the memories that are going on in my mind. See, I can't even speak. Like, the thoughts that are going on in my head right now, but... If I did that, we'd be here all night, um... And that really, really just triggered a lot of memories. Maybe it's not the best that I read all of my um, old uh, essays and poems and everything. Because um, that really hit me hard. Wow. I'm just... I'm, I'm left speechless, and um, I, I think that's where I'm going to leave the podcast today. So um, thank you for listening. I, I appreciate it. I'm going to figure out what to do with my life right now. Um, thank you for listening. So, bye, stranger. <laughs>